The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favourite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, brother? Great. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you. Mate, I can see over your right shoulder face masks in one lesson. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody put this out on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me about um, the name of the book, how you came up with it, and what your intention is with it, my friend. Oh, totally. There's, there's this great economist, Henry Hazlitt, um, and he wrote a book, he wrote a book, Economics in One Lesson. And uh, it, I don't know, it might be a 250 page book. He takes 10 pages and he essentially describes economics from his perspective. Then the rest of it is just kind of in, in the natural gas market, this is how that works. In, in uh, the grocery store, this is how that works. And I do something similar. Um, I take in face masks in one lesson for about 10 or 12 pages. It tells you everything you need to know. Then the rest of the book is for people like me who are uh, kind of slow learners and maybe need, you know, need to like uh, take in a lot more data before they're ready to, to live a more free life. And let's go through those first 10 pages then. What did you find yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was writing on a website, lourockwell.com. And it, it's, it's, it tends to be kind of a... Uh, it doesn't, the, the readers of that website don't tend to like government programs to, to solve every little problem in the world. So I was writing about the lockdowns and people were, were writing to me saying, Hey, uh, I'm having this problem, I'm having that problem. And a lot of things I was hearing was, I don't want to be wearing a face mask in the grocery store. 
I, I have this illness. I have that illness. And my doctor doesn't want to hear it. And this thing is really hard to breathe with, blah, blah, blah. So going through these kinds of conversations, uh, I, I started to, to read more and more people. I told people, just send me, send me your local face mask order. Let's start there. And I'd read through the face mask order. And people would say to me, I can't breathe in a face mask. It, it just does something to me. So there's plenty of face mask orders like Sonoma County, California says things like, uh, if you can't breathe well in a face mask, you're medically exempt. So there's millions of Americans who are medically exempt from wearing a face mask. People who don't want to be wearing a face mask pretty much don't have to be wearing a face mask in the United States. Um, that's true for Trader Joe's private policy, their corporate policy. That's true for, for Michigan statewide policy. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of exemptions a mile wide. So when do you talk about that people find it hard to breathe in a face mask. Aren't the alarm bells ringing loud? <laughs> but the actual fact that we cannot breathe properly when we're wearing a mask, like for me, you know, that doesn't, it's, it's common sense. It's like, why, the, why do we have to wear them? Why would yeah. we, why would we they ever mandate such a thing? if it makes it harder for you to breathe as a human being. Yeah. It's still who, who, are those, who are those people who, who would even want such a thing of, of us, right? Uh, the, the, the book, the book kind of starts off a little bit with, with this kind of idea of, of uh, it, goes, it looks at a study, um, April 3rd, April 3rd, the CDC said, okay, everyone wear face masks now. Um, three weeks later, in a CDC journal called Emerging Medical uh, Emerging Emerging Infectious Disease, it's a journal of epidemiology run by the CDC. There's a study from Zhao, which is just fantastic, and her and her team out of Hong Kong try to say, what are the best practices right now? And face mask is not a best practice. Face masks don't work. This was this was in May that the CDC journal is saying this. Um, so the book just goes through things like very step by step. In the grocery store, at the veterinarian, uh, at the doctor's office, on planes—you will never wear a face mask in the plane on a plane again if you don't want to. Um, it goes through this very, very in-depth, um, pedantically so. But the first ten pages are gold. The rest of it is for those who want to drill down. That's the book. And your intention with this is to what really? Um, I wish. I wish, I wish more people would simply say uh, that face mask doesn't work. I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to go shopping in your store. If you don't like that, tell me to leave. I'll leave and I'll go somewhere else with my hard-earned money. I would love that conversation to be happening right now, but a lot of, uh, a lot of Americans I encounter are afraid of doing that, unfortunately. Um, we're, afraid, we're afraid right now to be having this discussion, you know, Two, two thinking people to say to each other, we have a disagreement, let's come up with a way to work this out. And I, I start the book by saying, there's all kinds of ways. There's several ways to not wear a face mask. This is my least favorite way that I'm about to write a book on. And this is my least favorite way. It is pointing to some, some policy written by some bureaucrat who no one elected and saying, look, it's got a medical exemption in it, thereby legitimizing that policy. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do. But Rome was not built in a day. These are baby steps. And if I need a lifeline to get back to sanity that involves some bureaucrat's piece of paper, I'll do that. I'll use that as a lifeline. Um, and I want people, my goal, my goal is for people, more people 
to feel comfortable standing up for their boundaries by communicating, identifying their boundaries and communicating their boundaries and, and uh, uh, defending their boundaries. And really, if you can't say no to such a thing, uh, this tiny thing as a face mask, and you can't put up with, really, it's no more than three minutes of resistance. If you do it the way I suggest you do it, you're not going to get more than three minutes of resistance in any kind of situation. You just have to have a discussion that can be tense for a second or two. Very, very easygoing discussions. Um, if you can't put up with that, if you're going to wear the face mask, you're going to take the vaccine. If you take the vaccine, you're going to do way worse stuff. You're going to say us to way worse stuff. We can pretend this all ends tomorrow. I don't believe that happens, though. I don't know what the future holds. I have no idea. But uh, it's time to say no to the face mask. They don't work. And they're uncomfortable. It's time to say no to all kinds of other things where, where, where people think it's a public decision by plebiscite to decide how your body should be treated. This is insanity. It needs to stop right now. My goal is to get to speak to folks like you, wonderful folks like you, and to ask your listeners to please stop wearing the face mask. You can do that with my book. You can go Google me and find some writing about me online where I talk about that um, if you don't feel like spending money for a book. But I want you to just stop wearing your face mask immediately to say to yourself, I will never again live that low standard life that requires a 10 cent polypropylene mask from Wuhan province on my face where I pretend that that's normal or good or in any way beneficial to anyone. It's not. I just hopped off a podcast with a, with a fascinating gentleman called James Miles Wheeler. I think that is his correct, <laughs> correct name. There's so much going through my mind at the moment. And he speaks out about vaccine safety. Mm-hmm. And I asked him why he does what he does. And he, could, he had the analogy of if he was inside his home and he could hear a big bully beating on a child outside, oh, wow. he said he would run out there and put himself in harm's way. He said he would do everything that he could to stop that person or bully from beating up that child. And he said, from his understanding of vaccine injuries, that's what's happening to a certain amount of the population, certain percentage of the population. And it's interesting what you said, because I've seen that meme ever since it started. If you say yes to a mask, then you will say yes to a vaccine. You will say yes to whatever comes next. And you will be so far down the line that it may be virtually impossible to reverse some of these decisions that society has made. Very well. Do you think we're, we will head to that point or do you think currently more and more people are are awakening to this insanity? A lot of people are awakening. There's no question about that. Um, There's a thing, the thing about, about waking up though, is that, um, when you're, when you're confronting a bully, uh, the, the reaction you give to the bullying behavior, and I'll use the word bully to describe people who want you to do things that you don't want to do. Um, I won't use more loaded words like sociopath or psychopath, which may be more appropriate. I'll use a general term bully. Um, the thing about speaking to a, a bully is if you, if you back down from that bully readily, before you know it, the bully's not going to just say, hey, uh, I'm happy with you wearing a face mask. Soon you're going to have to wear goggles at the grocery store. And then you're going to have to hop around at the grocery store on one leg um, because that's the way you save the elderly and the obese and the people with, with uh, 
multiple possible com comorbidities is to hop around on one leg, right? But that's as efficacious as a face mask, as ridiculous as it sounds. And if you tell the bully yes to that too, the bully's going to say things like, well, to save grandma, I need to go home and spit in your mother's food. That's ridiculous. But again, it is as efficacious as the wearing of a face mask. Um, the bully needs to be pushed back on. And, and really, this, this identifying of one's personal boundaries and being able to say, I've had enough. I don't want to engage in this behavior with you anymore. This is, this is so important. Um, no, it doesn't end here. It doesn't just magically end. The bully just doesn't stop and come to his mind. Tyranny exists in every era where it's allowed to exist. And we are living in an era where, where tyranny is uh, very much in our face. I, I, I wish they were not the case, but that is the case right now. Um, it doesn't just stop. It doesn't just stop. You've been writing for a long time now and putting your perception forward, opinions forward, facts forward. Did you see this coming? And with such veracity, if that's the correct word? A good friend of mine in, in January uh, said to me, uh, he, he listed kind of a opinions that he sees in the world that people do not possibly believe deep in their heart, but that are, are widely spoken. Um, and he said, he said, these people are so full of their own BS and they can't possibly believe it, that things are just going to blow up. It just, you can't carry so many lies on your back for so long. It just messes things up. Um, he, he was prescient in this way, I believe. I, I think this is very intimately related to what he was saying in that moment. But I didn't see anything like this. What I did see, what I did see are things like uh, 20 years ago after 9-11, uh, the, the, the TSA was formed, and suddenly every, every person affluent enough, affluent enough to travel by commercial air with some regularity um, was, was going to have to do this, this uh, I surrender pose, right? The, the traditional pose of a cowboy sticking his gun in your belly. I give up, right? This is what every single person had to start doing that. They, they had to go to a government checkpoint and say, I give up. And there were people then in 2005, 2006, when this happened, they said, I'm never doing that. This is nonsense. This is security theater. It doesn't work. I will never engage in this kind of behavior. And there's people who, who figured out the loopholes of the system, and there's loopholes in every system, and they have never once done that pose. They may have gone on uh, 40 flights a year back and forth, but they've never once done that pose. So watching people like this for, for so many years, figuring out how to get around these just inane government ideas has brought me to this moment too, where very quickly these same people, Pete, if you... If you go lay in bed for 20 years right now, and then you get up and try to do jumping jacks after 20 years, your body won't go for it. You're probably going to collapse on the ground. Your, your muscles aren't trained. Your, your bones aren't even ready for your own weight, probably. And many Americans have been sitting for 20 years saying, oh, government's got this. And yes, if the government says to do this, and if the government says to throw away pumped breast milk, and if the government says it's now time for me to grab you in a sensitive place, Oh, yeah, 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 government's got this. It's okay. What I've seen by watching these people is that the more you exercise 
these muscles, the stronger you become, the more free you become. And it's not about freedom for the whole world. Freedom for the whole world is wonderful, but all you need to do is protect a little freedom in your own life. That's all you have to be able to do. You have to be able to, to tell a person who comes at you trying to challenge your freedom once in a while, no, that's beyond my boundaries, I'm sorry. If you can do that simple thing, like these people who've never done the I Surrender pose and who came to face masks and said, <laughs> you want me to do what? what, what, no, I'm sorry. Those people immediately, immediately they were like, this is stupid like TSA, this is health theater instead of security theater, this doesn't work, I'm not going to do it. I didn't see what was coming. I didn't see, I didn't see COVID-19 coming, but I saw the solutions to it for a free person immediately. Hmm. What's been the feedback so far since you've uh, written about these, these face masks because in Australia, we have a we only have one state that have mandated face masks, and the rest of the country, it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> so like, why why are you agreeing to this? Thank goodness. Uh, and yeah, so I know America has so many different flavors to it. I've I've had the good fortune of spending the last decade there, spending at least a month a year uh, in your beautiful country and going from state to state to state to state meeting everybody and and i i do love your country it's a it's a it's an amazing place but you have some colorful characters over there <laughs> you have all sorts which is what makes up all the, all the beauty in the world is so much freedom to express ourselves so what's what's been the feedback for you Amazon bestseller the first week, uh, all kinds of TV and news interviews, um, lots and lots of support from writers who've been readers who've been reading my work, lots of great critical feedback. It's been fantastic. Um, it's been very timely, this book, unexpectedly timely. Um, the feedback overwhelmingly has been, I don't want to wear that mask. How do I get that book? Um, and there've been a few trolls and there've been a few scared people. Um, and uh, some of those scared people have been, have been people who in my own life were the staunchest supporters of freedom, the most vocal supporters of freedom. And uh, around the Ides of March, 2020, I watched uh, some dear people to me who said the most rebellious, outrageous things about government in the past, suddenly, suddenly say, what are we gonna do if government doesn't protect us? And to really, to really follow. Um, and it's been an amazing litmus test um, these, these past uh, nine or 10 months, an amazing litmus test, oh, it's been eight months, I guess. These past eight months to see who, who's willing to stand up for what they believe in, their own boundaries, their own values, and then to also see how far am I willing to go for my values? And I have become, every year I become a better and better man. And it's amazing. And I love my growth. And this time of year, towards the end of the year, I, I kind of chart what kind of growth and what kind of ways I've, I've accomplished. This year I've grown like 10 years as a man. It's just, I, never would I have imagined that so much growth could come in a year. And some people think this year has been horrible. And it has been in a lot of ways, but this has been a year of true growth for so many people I've seen. 
beautiful brother i got some tears happening there because i'm um i'm with you on that and i have seen so many uh, remarkable people that have been they've been fighting in the shadows for a long time and they have uh they've been shining their light into that darkness of corruption of medical tyranny of so much and these people have shining brighter than ever now and they've got more strength than ever it's like they've been preparing for this a lot of people like yourself have been i feel like we've been training our whole lives for this particular point in time well thank you i just want to thank you what i what i wish you talk about preparing preparing our whole lives for a moment like this. Um, people like that, what I wish I could ask even more, when preparing your whole life for this kind of thing, you end up you end up being very comfortable in the wilderness. You get comfortable saying, maybe I just got to be more of a lone wolf, and that's okay. And this is really a moment where us who have been preparing and us who can see what's going on more clearly, it's time to come out of the wilderness and to work on leadership a little bit and to figure out how can, Governor Cuomo might be wonderful in some ways, but he's not the leader that's needed right now. And mayor this, that mayor and that mayor and this governor, these are, they have elected positions, but they really are not. They haven't been doing that hard work in the wilderness. They haven't been, been, uh, they have a hard time with insightful topics sometimes. They're leaders on paper, but the people who really get what's going on, who've done this hard work, they are so needed as leaders right now. And that leadership might just be modeling things in their life and willing to take on an uncomfortable conversation here and there a little more than before. Um, and I know many, many people like that have always tried to be leaders. For those who haven't been trying to step up as a leader, I think now is so needed in, in our own little circles. I think we can just make such a difference in a way we couldn't have a year ago. Mm. It seems to be a common theme that I've asked a lot of people this year, like yourselves, is why aren't people like yourselves in positions of authority? <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> I dislike that word, I should say. Um, in these traditional systems. And I've had varied answers, but they all seem to boil down to the same thing is the systems are corrupt you have to sell parts of your soul basically to to enter into them but they're all optimistic about the future they're all very optimistic about what is transpiring at the moment and you and your colleagues do you see a shift happening in those traditional systems do you see them either transforming, crumbling, obliterating? Or how do you see the, the coming years taking place? I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions 
experiences and conclusions. And nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast podcast.